Brady Manick had a phenomenal season for Carolina last year, and everyone's fretting out over whether Pete Nance can step in and be Brady Manick. Well, guess what? He's not going to. But you know what? Pete's just got to be Pete. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Thursday, November 3rd, 2022. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast, the only daily North Carolina show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, and I want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen or your first watch every single day. Please don't forget, we're free and available anywhere you get podcasts, so you can subscribe right now to make sure that you don't miss a second of your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online, which has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, folks, so like I alluded to off the top, what I want to do is spend some time here talking uh, just about the newcomer to the starting lineup. That's Pete Nance. But also, we need to spend some time talking about this Carolina football team, man. They're doing big things, big expectations and hopes still ahead. But there's some setbacks with injuries and other things. And so we're going to unpack that as well. But again, I want to start right here talking about Pete Nance and Brady Manick. Because quite frankly, I've been saying this over and over and over again. So I just want to say it one more time before the season starts. Let's let Brady Manick be Brady Manick. And let's let Pete Nance be Pete Nance. Can we just all do that together? In fact, wherever you're at right now, whether you're listening or watching, say it with me. Let Brady be Brady. Let Pete be Pete. And this is hard because the Tar Heels have four other returning starters in RJ, Caleb, Armando, and Leakey. And so there's this... There's this comfortability with somebody that slots right in and does all the exact same stuff, right? I, like, it just makes sense. Why? Well, you know that that fivesome, you know that that quintet, you know exactly what they're capable of. That is running uh, all the way over Coach K's final regular season game. That is a team that ran all the way to the national championship game, basically on the strength of those five young men. And so I get it. But that's not what this team is. Brady Manick lives in Australia and plays basketball in Australia. Brady Manick had a phenomenal season last year. Brady Manick hit 98 threes, the second most threes ever in Carolina history. Quick trigger. You love it. There's so many great things he did. And I think a lot of the consternation now has started to to churn up a little bit because people saw the exhibition game Friday night and saw Pete Nance's three-point shot, which doesn't have much arc, and it's not as quick as Brady's, and um, quite frankly, that's not Pete's game. He plays a different, he plays basketball, same as Brady, both very intelligent young men, all sorts of great things they both do, but some of the things that Brady's good at, Pete isn't as good at. Some of the things that Brady just quite frankly isn't as good at, Pete's a lot better at. So is Pete Nance going to be the three-point shooter that Brady Manick was? At least at a volume level, no. Are there going to be a lot of other things that Pete Nance does really well this season? 
100%. And so I would like to talk about some of those things. So Pete's shooting, sure, it's not Brady, that's okay. And you know why? Because there's these guys, they're called coaches, and their job is to help a team figure out how with the personnel they have, they can be the best team they possibly can. And so you know what, Coach Davis, Coach May, Coach Lebo, everybody else, Coach Fred, their job is to do exactly that. And that's what they've done and are going to do. They're going to figure out, as they did last year, how can we utilize the strengths that we have with Brady and the rest of that personnel and let them ride that to success? And then this year, how can we figure out what do Caleb and RJ and Leaky and Armando and everyone else on the team still do really well? And what does Pete bring to the table and how can he fit into that mix in, in some ways similar, but in some ways different? Example, he will be a bigger inside threat than Brady Manick was last year. Part of the translation of that, when Mondo's on the bench, you kind of feel better about the five spot than you did with Brady last year. I think that's a win to have a better inside presence. Pete Nance is going to be more of a rebounder than was Brady last season. Pete Nance is going to be like Brady was a, a good, solid facilitator, a good, solid passer. I think Pete's going to be even better. He's going to operate out of the high post. He's just going to, he has uh, a better capability than Brady of facilitating. He is going to be a better positional defender. Um, it's just true. And it's part of what his game has and can do. Um, I think um, Pete will be probably a little more fleet footed and capable of bringing, uh, like starting the break himself after grabbing one of those rebounds and bringing the ball up the court. Um, so there's just three, four, five things that you can be on the lookout for with Pete. Um, also keep in mind, Pete Nance is going to hit threes. He's a career 35.6% three point shooter in college. And oh, by the way, last year hit 45.2% of his threes. Now, again, a lower volume than Brady. I think he took 90, had 90 some attempts last year at Northwestern, did Pete Nance, but he's going to do it. <clears throat> and here's the other part of it. Carolina this season doesn't need that position to hit as many threes as Brady did last year. If you had that, great, you'd love it. But there are going to be other guys that are going to be more capable um than than um than they were last year or that weren't even on the team last year and so you expect RJ to take a step forward you expect Caleb who was right there with Brady in the 90s in terms of made threes last year to take a step forward you have already seen what Tyler Nickel can do from behind the line everything we've heard about Jalen Washington is that he can do it from beyond the arc oh and Think about this last as well. Last year at this time, we're, we're talking about wanting this team to be what it is. We didn't even know who the starting lineup would be because we didn't know what Hubert Davis would do. In the exhibition, let, let me remind you, exhibition game last year, the five starters, see if you can remember this before I say it. I'll give you a couple seconds. RJ, Caleb, Kerwin Walton, Armando Baycott, and Dawson Garcia. Then you get to the first game of the regular season, RJ, Caleb, Leaky, Brady, and Mondo. So the first game of the season, interestingly, <coughs> excuse me, you actually had the Iron Five starting. But then game two, RJ, Caleb, Leaky, Armando, 
and Dawson Garcia, who started. That was your fivesome. I think there was one game that Leakey was out with an injury, maybe Purdue. But other than that, Dawson was the starter all the way up until his injury against Boston College. And so don't I, I don't I just want you to keep in mind this the iron five wasn't fully formed from the get-go. And so we we expect this year we know what this starting five will be from the get-go. And so that's even a different thing is you feel really confident that you're going to have more role definition right out of the gate. And we all know how important role definition is to a basketball team. And think about it, even in other successful years, you've had differences in style of main front court or back court players. Here's a great example. 2016, Bryce Johnson is the dominant front court player on that team. All-American season, phenomenal. Led Carolina all the way to a brink of a national championship, kind of like last year in Brady and Mondo and what they did. And then the Kennedy Meeks was part of that squad as well. But then in 2017, it's Kennedy and Isaiah as the dominant men in the front court, chiefly Kennedy. Kennedy's a different player than is Bryce Johnson, more below the rim, but still, you know, phenomenal rebounder, does everything, a great offensive rebounder, but does it differently than Bryce. But that different was good enough to get Carolina a national championship. And I'm not saying that's what's going to happen this year. It's certainly a possibility. But I'm just saying just because it's not the same as it was last year when you had a lot of success doesn't mean that you can have equal, can't have equal or better success this season. So be patient and be excited. Don't, don't forget Brady. Awesome stuff that he did. But be excited for Pete Nance. And for all the differences of let Brady be Brady and let Pete be Pete, how about this? You know what these two guys both have? They both have savvy. They both have veteran leadership. They both have a burning desire to win. Pete Nance has never been to the NCAA tournament with Northwestern. Brady Manick had never been past the second round of the NCAA tournament with Oklahoma. These guys are driven and hungry to want to do that. And I think perhaps most importantly, just like Brady Manick, Pete Nance is a team guy. You've heard him say over and over this offseason, I will do anything I need to do to help the North Carolina Tar Heels be better today than they were yesterday and better tomorrow than they are today and on and on and on. Pete Nance is a guy you want on this team. He's not Brady Manick, but he's Pete Nance, dadgummit, and he's going to do a lot of great things for this basketball team. You with me? Let me hear it in the comments about why you're excited about Pete Nance. Now, switching gears to football for the rest of the show, it's time for the South's oldest rivalry this weekend in Charlottesville. So the question becomes, can Carolina go in in Charlottesville for the first time in 2016? We're ready to find out soon, but before we get into it, let me tell you about Simply Safe. Did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package thefts spike all over the nation? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off their award-winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. So order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. Here's why I love it. Check this out. Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 22 by US News and World Report, a third year in a row for that. And so for me, part of that is the ability to monitor the system and monitor everything 
from my phone. I I have a smart home, everything, Alexa all over the place. And so I love to be able to do that with the security system as well. So I love what Simply Safe is doing. I love that they like Christmas time is my favorite season of the year and the lead up to it. And I want to know that my family and others are safe and Simply Safe can help do that. So don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on today. It's their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. Again, that's simplysafe.com slash locked on college because there's no safe like Simply Safe. Okay. It is coming this weekend, the South's oldest rivalry. Folks, this is game number 127 between North Carolina and Virginia, the second most played rivalry in FBS behind. Anybody know the number one? It's Minnesota and Wisconsin. Of course, you all knew that, right? Yes. No. Uh, And the funny thing about this rivalry, the second oldest rivalry in all of FBS, is that the, the Tar Heels definitely lead the series, but there's a discrepancy between what the actual record is depending on which school you talk to. So if you ask Virginia, they would say that Carolina leads the series 64 wins, 58 losses, four ties. If you talk to Carolina, they would say it's one more win for the Tar Heels, one more loss <clears throat> for UVA. So Carolina 65, Virginia 57 wins and four ties. Either way you slice it, the Tar Heels hold a pretty narrow margin, but a margin all the same. Now, this series has been a series of streaks. Prior to last year's 59-39 UNC victory, which by the way was the highest combined total in the history of this series, UVA had won four in a row. Before that, Carolina had won seven in a row. And before that, UVA had won 10 out of the last 12. And so hopefully last year started a new streak and Carolina can take uh, and ride this one. But again, they have lost each of the last two games in Charlottesville. And so Scott Stadium, the Cavaliers home, is a tough place to play for the Tar Heels. They're 26 and 26 all time are the Tar Heels on the road against Virginia. <clears throat> the last two, though, those two losses have both been close. Just 10 points, 30 to 20, 31 to 21 in 2018. And then just three points, 44 to 41 in 2020. And you might remember that game. And that's what I want to bring up um, here to kind of think about what Carolina has been doing and what they can do um, to maybe put themselves in better position this weekend. Carolina scored to put themselves within three with just under three minutes to go in that last game in uh, Charlottesville. Carolina at that point had all three timeouts. You're feeling good. It's one of those where... You expect the other team to just run the ball three times. You stop them, call all three timeouts. They punt and you get the ball back. Let Sam Howell go score one more time. Carolina gets out of town with the victory, right? No, that's not how it played out. Carolina got Virginia to fourth down, but the Cavs decided to go for it on fourth and three at their own 42, and they converted. Ball game. Now, that team, this is the last year of like Javante Williams and Mike Carter and De'Ami Brown, that whole squad, that was phenomenal. But when you get down by 21 points, as they did with about five minutes to go in the third quarter of that game, that is too big a hole to fight your way out of. Now, even this year's Tar Heels, who have been doing a great job of coming back, 
which they've done each of the last two games. Remember, Carolina's been down double digits, both uh, against Duke and last week against Pitt, and fought back to win those games, one of which was even on the road there at Duke. But you just can't, it's not a successful recipe for victory after victory after victory. Keep in mind, Carolina is now in the place, I, I talked about this earlier in the week, they've got four regular season games left, and like, it, I know other teams can help, but Carolina just relying on themselves only needs to win two of those final four to clinch the ACC Coastal and be in the ACC Championship game. And so you don't want to put yourself in danger of being behind in this game and having to work your way back because you just can't rely on that. And you also don't know what you're going to get from your defense. Now with dropping two of your defensive lines, two more of your defensive line starters for the rest of the season, we'll talk about them more in just a minute. We're going to talk about the injury news. Um, and so for me, here's what I want to see in this game. I want to see Carolina come out, you know, if they get, if they lose the toss and get the ball first, come out, put together a nice drive. It, it could be quick striking. It could be what sustained, whatever it needs to be, but go score. Or if you're on defense first, man, I want to see this defense with plugged in players now rise up and do what they need to do right out of the gate. Set the tone, um, get, get you a couple scores in the first quarter and don't have to fight back again. Instead, work from ahead. That That's, I think, how you start showing the nation that right now doesn't believe in you, that you are a more legit team learning week after week after week after week. That's what I'm looking for from this team. You think they can do it? I'm really curious. I'd love to hear your thoughts. If you're watching on YouTube, let me know your thoughts on can Carolina come out against Virginia, take an early lead, and then do what they need to do to keep adding on and, and put a team away. That's what the Tar Heels need to do. So they're not having to rely on a fourth down stop at the end of the game as they did um, last time they were in Charlottesville. So Tar Heels, that's what we need to see. But as I said, there it was a costly win last Saturday against Pittsburgh as the Tar Heels have now lost three more starters, two on defense, two on or one on offense for the rest of the season. What does that mean and what's Carolina going to do moving forward? I'll let you know about that after I tell you about sweat block. Man, a couple, <clears throat> over the weekend during Halloween, I went to a trunk or treat at my church and they had to move it inside because it was raining. There were too many people in too small a space and I just must not have put enough uh, deodorant on or whatever and I could just feel myself dripping. And I realized, man, I really, really had too many layers. I'm sweating five pounds off of me and I was miserable, but I could have been able to fix my problems if I had had some sweat block wipes. Sweat block wipes are a must have for everyone's personal bags or, or what you take along with you, whether it's a big presentation, a hot date, and you're trying to stay cool. These wipes can have the benefit of having a uh, helping you stay odor-free and embarrassing lines gone off your shirts. Always have sweat block wipes on hand. So if you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try sweat block. Save 20% with promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. Also available on Amazon. Okay, so Carolina does want to go to Charlottesville, obviously, and continue their winning ways in the ACC games, getting themselves up to 5-0 and one step closer to clinching the ACC Coastal. 
but it's going to be a little bit harder than it originally would have been. You've probably heard the injury news by now, but based on uh, what happened in the pit game, some injuries sustained there, Carolina has lost three starters to injuries sustained in that game. One of them you saw in, in real time and probably assumed this would be the case, but Noah Taylor, Carolina's starting Jack, which is kind of that D end linebacker hybrid position, um, had like a non-contact knee injury. You saw it buckle up underneath him um, as he was rushing. This is Carolina's leading sacker on the season. But he is done for the season now with a lower body injury. You, you just hate it for him. Remember, he's a Virginia transfer. Um, I'm sure was insanely looking forward to this game. Um, going back to his uh, his alma mater and um, getting to play this weekend. And so you just hate it. But Noah Taylor, done for the season. Also from the defensive line, defensive end, power rusher, <clears throat> power end, Des Evans, also done for the season, injury suffered in the game against Pitt on Saturday. Um, and then on the offensive side of the ball, another running back goes down, Caleb Hood. Poor, this poor guy just cannot stay on the field. He struggled with injuries off and on throughout his Carolina career. And it's, it's just another one. Remember, we started... Um, season thinking there would be six running backs in this room and and a couple of them have been plucked off we'll talk about that more in a second so you hate it for Caleb Hood um, but that is a, another running back done for the season and thankfully you did have those six <clears throat> so to look at the depth chart at these three positions and then we'll just say a few other things in terms of running back um Elijah Green, he's going to get his first shot. He get, he has done some things each of the past two games now to inspire hope. Um, for a lot of the early part of this season, I, I was like, man, I just don't know that Elijah Green is ever going to get to see the field, right? Just kind of um, buried at the bottom of those five running backs. But now you look at the depth chart for this game, he's right at the top of the list. And so Elijah Green has shown a willing, I mean, this guy had been playing on special teams mostly, but now he's going to step in and I believe he's going to step up. He's already done some of that, um, shown some ability to get um, to catch some passes. We know about his speed. Um, and that's part of why he's, he's so great on special teams. So he's going to get the start. And then the rest of the depth chart is Omarion Hampton right behind him, then DJ Jones, and then George Petaway, last of the remaining four of the running backs. Because remember, <clears throat> you start the season thinking British Brooks is going to be your running back just in like, I think it was like the week. I can't remember. I feel like it was on a Saturday night we got the news that British Brooks would be out for the season, like a week before, maybe two weeks before. Um, and then, so DJ Jones starts game one, and then onto Omarion Hampton, who gets some starts. Then Caleb Hood's been starting, and now onto Elijah Green. So, of the six running backs, <clears throat> five of them have been RB1 at some point. British Brooks never got to start, although, you know, he's gonna be back next year. Great news. But these other guys, uh, this is now the fourth running back starter, only George Petaway hasn't been the starter. So that's the running back depth in terms of the Jack position, Noah Taylor's position. <clears throat> Grad Chris Collins is at the top of the depth chart at that position now. So we expect to see him first on Saturday, um, followed by freshman Malachi Hamrick at the Jack position. 
Got to get him worked in. And then at the power end, Des Evans position, you uh, right at the top of the depth chart now is Cayman Rucker. And this is a guy we've talked about um, who had some several great moments this past weekend. He's just a guy I like to say that it just seems like good things happen when he's on the field. Um, admittedly from his own lips, again, not as big, not as fast as some other guys, but man, the heart that is in this young man, the drive, you just love to see what it does. And so love to see him getting the, uh, essentially uh, assuming nothing changes over these next couple of days, we'll get the start on Saturday. And then following him up is uh, second on the depth chart there at the power end is Jacoby Cowan, the sophomore Ohio state transfer who um, has been coming along and looking good. We've heard some good things about what the coaching staff believes in him. And so some opportunity for guys to step in and make plays, but they got to do it. And this is where all that depth we've been hearing about um, has to show up uh, for the Tar Heels to help out. And don't forget on the defensive line, it's not just Noah Taylor and it's not just Des Evans. They'd already lost Rava Hasek for the season, um, like at that nose tackle. So this is a line in flux that's essentially lost three of four starters. And uh, now you see how guys step in and do what they need to do. Um, and the, don't also don't forget about Cayman Rucker <clears throat> got banged up, dinged up a little bit against Pitt. So how healthy will he be? I'm sure we'll see a lot of Jacoby Cowan um, coming in and out as well. Also, uh, where's Bryson Nesbitt at who got hurt and had to come out last week as well? Will we see him or will it be all Kamari Morales and John Copenhaver at the tight end position? It's just Nesbitt does so many different things as kind of that tight end wide receiver hybrid capability. And so you really would love to have him as a weapon out there for Drake May. Also, we get to the point now where with only four games left, plus a bowl game, um, you start thinking about some of these guys. This is that time of year when guys who are going to redshirt <clears throat> can start playing some because remember, you can play four games and still uh, qualify for a redshirt next season. So Carolina has four regular season games and the bowl game. You can be a little picky choosy, which one, I mean, Again, you don't want to overlook Virginia. You don't want to overlook Georgia Tech. But those are the two weaker of the four remaining regular season opponents with Wake and NC State looking more formidable, especially with that game being at Wake and then NC State at home. And so you just think about how, how can we start getting some reps for these talented younger guys? Also, as we think about the D-line, keep your eyes on Travis Shaw. What's he going to be able to do as part of that mix? And so um, lots of opportunity, lots of talent. You just want to see him come in and do it. Get Carolina another victory on the road at Virginia and then uh, be ready to keep rolling and uh, finish off this ACC Coastal Race. Can't wait to see what happens. And of course, best uh, of thoughts to these guys who are out for the season. I know it's killing you. Um, may, may you heal well and quickly. And I know your teammates are with you and thinking about you. Well, friends, that is it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Heels. You can follow me at Isaac Shade. Thanks for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, which has the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and of course, the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, on YouTube, or anywhere else you get podcasts. Please don't forget, we'd love to have you subscribe to the show if you haven't already, either on audio or YouTube. 
For those of you watching, please smash the like button. Leave some comments. We'd love to hear your thoughts on all this about Pete Nance, about the football guys. Send your best wishes to the guys who are injured. Really appreciate you hanging out with me on a Thursday. Tomorrow, our guy Anthony Pagnotta comes on to do a more full football uh, preview for the weekend. But for today, I want to remind you that even though these guys are out hurt, even though I spilled coffee on my computer and probably fried it, it's still a great day to be a Tar Heel. Until tomorrow, peace.